what these young bloods have to understand that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. Welcome to Buckets, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined by Albert Wynn. He's the analytics capper. You can find him on Twitter at analytics capper. For this, your weekend recap and awards market check-in. Every Monday, we check in on what the biggest stories from the weekend were in the association. We check in with where the awards markets are, get you a sense for future plays. And at the end of the show, we'll also do our best bets for Monday as well, as Buckets now comes to you with best bets Monday through Friday. How about that? want to remind you that if you're betting anything in the universe, including the tournament, you want to get the Action Network app. It's the best way for you to track your picks. You get up the second information where the bets and money you're coming in on. Uh, our daily shows are in there. You're going to have big bets on campus, breaking down the Sweet 16, breaking down the Elite Eight. You're going to want to be on, be in on that. You've got Green Dot Daily set your daily betting agenda. You want to get on NASCAR. you got folks coming in giving you picks on that. Every sport that can be bet on, we covered on Green Dot Daily. Make sure to check that out. You can get this podcast as well as all of our great podcasts in the Action Network app in the Media Center along with my content. We've got playoff picture goes up finally. I've been working on it for such a long time. Playoff picture goes up on Monday, hopefully. And that's going to have like a complete breakdown of magic numbers, everything you need to know about the NBA playoffs, where your team's going to be, who they're probably going to face, all that and more. But we start on this podcast, Albert, with the weekend recap with the mic drop, the most important covers of the weekend. Uh, and I want to start with some events that occurred on Saturday. So on Saturday, Philadelphia 76ers uh, get a 141-121 win over the Pacers. Joel Embiid with a casual 31-7-7 as he did not even play the fourth quarter. Again, the Sixers keep rolling. They are the hottest team in the league. They've been the hottest team since the All-Star break. And... That same night, the Boston Celtics lose 118-117 to the Utah Jazz. As we were recording this on Sunday night, the Philadelphia 76ers have caught the Boston Celtics for the lead in the Atlantic Division. Uh, they are at 48-22, the Celtics at 49-23. and Now, the Celtics have played more games, and that's meaningful. It's one of the reasons why the Celtics have clinched a playoff spot, and the Sixers have not yet. But they are up one in the loss column, which means they control destiny now by the slimmest of margins for the division, which is really interesting because the numbers in the market for this division are crazy. Um, there was a two minus 240 at FanDuel Sportsbook. In the market currently, it's minus 250 Celtics plus 200 Philadelphia 76ers. Wow. Sixers have been the best team in the league. Celtics have not been the best team in the league. They've been up and down and up and down. They had like a good stretch there for a little bit, but that loss to the Jet, like they've had a number of concerning losses. The offense is inconsistent. The defense is inconsistent. They're trying to get Marcus Smart nights off. Robert Williams still isn't back. So I guess my question for you is, I already have like a shit ton on the Sixers to win the division. I have a Sixers <laughs> one Celtics two ticket at plus 800 that I would very much like to cash. I just want an opportunity to hedge out of this thing, given how what I've had to go through with the Celtics this year and their outlandish performance back in December. But my question for you is, if you're entering the market now, is it better? You've been betting football. You're just now entering in there. And you see the Sixers, and they have the lead on the Celtics. Is there value on the Sixers to win the division at 2-1? to one? 
Yeah, I'm just looking at their schedules right now. It's a great question. Um, when it comes to the Celtics schedule, they have two tough road games left in their remaining, let's see, three, six, nine, ten games. So they have ten games left, two road teams, uh, two road games, one in Milwaukee, March 30th, and one in Philadelphia. That might actually determine the the division there, April 4th. Um, looking at this, the Philadelphia 76ers schedule, they also have the Milwaukee game, but they also have to go to Golden State, Phoenix, Denver, um, Atlanta, and Brooklyn to to end the season. Atlanta obviously is not a great team, but it's still tough to play in, in Atlanta from time to time. The the schedule right here, I think, favors the Boston Celtics. I think that's what the market is kind of reacting to. The fact that you're getting over minus two hundred on a team that's essentially tied in the the standings is pretty big time. Um, but I'll say this, this is going to give Philadelphia a chance to to actually not only win the division, but actually win the conference. They're, they're only two games out of the East. So if, if I were to hedge, I would do I would do Boston on the division and Philly on the, the conference, just because both are going to be um, like Philly is going to be more of a long shot, obviously. But again, man, we've talked about this for the last few weeks here, Matt. You and I like Philadelphia going into uh, the postseason. I actually like them a little more than you do, even if they were to match up in a 2-3 against Boston. I just like this team a lot. You may know more than me on James Harden in- injury. That could be the determining factor. You know, I think as we're kind of looking at, at the the whole board here, uh, at tankathon.com, they have the biggest, they have the toughest remaining schedule at a 55% remaining strength of schedule for opponent record um don't have much on the on on harden right now i think you know uh, Embiid's obviously surging towards the mvp they have a lot of this momentum they do have a schedule that's pretty rough as far as not just the strength the quality of opponent but as you mentioned some of the breakdowns of when and where those games are um like their remaining breakdown uh as it stands right now is They've got six home, eight away, including all those tough ones, including that West Coast road trip. Um, they've got all these types of different spots. I have them power rated a little bit. Like I have them power rated currently a little bit above Boston, but even with that, based off of the numbers, I'm still I, like I still wind up projecting them to finish just below Boston in mm-hmm. the standings. So yeah. now is not the time to pounce on Philadelphia. I don't think like as much as they could just like roll through this entire stretch. It's an interesting question from a betting standpoint here, Albert, because like the Kings are another good example of this, I think, because, um, you know, I mentioned that the, the lead that the Nuggets have on them. And I was like, well, look, if, if the Kings were to finish 10 and two, which would be an incredible like stretch run here, the Nuggets mm-hmm. would still only have to go six and six to clinch the clinch the number one seed. And people responded yep. with like, well, guess what? The Kings are since the all-star break. 10 and two. And I'm like, that actually means it's less like, is it likely that they're going to wind up going something like 22 and and five over the last remaining? Like we talk about buying low all the time. This is the opposite now where you've got Sixers and Kings riding this win streak. And it doesn't mean that they're going to plummet because I don't think they will, but they'll probably level off. And the books clearly, Mm -hmm. I think are believing that like they believe Boston's a better team and Boston's going to wind up. Uh, winning out here based off of this off of the schedule now that number maybe just be, be based off of the liability of the books right it may just be that they took a ton of celtics liability of early yeah. to win the division and that may just be like why these numbers and you know if one book takes a big liability and they hang that number the others will be like oh we're gonna move it to that um so that's possible 
but I also just like, I do think that there's kind of a, a confidence there. I will say like for me, I, I need the Sixers to keep winning. Cause all I want, all I want is like a small plus number on Boston to win the division. So I can hedge out of this position and be done with it. Like that's all I really want. I've got Celtics under 55 and or 56 and a half, 55 and a half and 54 and a half that I have to find ways. Like that one may come down to literally the last game of the season. I'm hoping I'm just within range. Yeah the hedge out of that one it's gonna be tight but i'm with you i don't think this is necessarily the time and i want to ask you this though at minus 250 is that a good number to bet on the boston celtics to win the division no i would say no um obviously this is a betting podcast so you're right you don't want to you don't want to get into something where they're riding high so sixers nine and one in their last 10 uh you mentioned the kings the hottest team in the west they're eight and two in their last 10 those are great teams and they can continue this this onslaught if you will but matt's 100 correct you don't want to bet a team that's this hot and also you don't want to fade a team that's struggling right because the boston celtics who we know can get to elite levels is only five and five in the last 10 so this is actually a good spot to buy boston but not at minus 250 uh if it does get to a plus number like matt said then there's value there but minus 250 is way too rich there's like a 5% hold on this essentially because you know you can get Knicks at plus 10,000 and Raptors at plus 20,000 or whatever, but they're not going to make it. So there's like a 5% hold on this. And I just, you know, the Celtics odds of doing this are like 70% implied. And I just, I think that's too high. So if you ask me like, is the number on the Celtics or on the Sixers accurate? Like, do they only wind up winning the division 33% of the time, which is what the 200 implied suggests? I'm like, no, I think it's probably closer to like, you know, 40, 60, but I'm guesstimating there. Um, you can use probabilities based off of whatever 538 or or basketball reference or whatever. But um, I do wind up just kind of feeling like this is still not the time as much as it's, it's I think this is locked up the MVP for Embiid and which is crazy. And there's just like, you know, the it's been an impressive group play. Yeah. I'll also say this, you know, you mentioned the, the one seed and that's really interesting because like Bucks just got past the Raptors tonight. It was a tight game. They edged them out. I think probably the Bucks hold on to that. But if the Bucks regress at all and the Sixers manage to grab the one seed, the entire complexion of the Sixers playoff chances changes. Because mm-hmm. if they get if they lock Boston and Milwaukee in the 2-3 and be like, "You guys have fun. It's us versus the 8 seed in the East who is going to be a truly terrible team no matter who it is. It's going to be Hawks or Raptors, maybe Heat, but probably Hawks, Raptors or Bulls. Oh my god. And then in the 4-5, you're looking at Cleveland and New York. I think of those two, New York's probably actually the tougher team for Philly, you know, just because of the shooting and the offense that New York brings to the table. But like there's a real path here for the Sixers to actually make a run. Like if if they can get out of this, they got to get if they can manage to overcome the schedule and get the one seed, then I think that they really are live to win the NBA championship, which would be great. Cause I bet them like the day after the finals that I put bets in on three teams, the Clippers, the Suns, and the Sixers. And so I would love I think that the entire, the entire action slack was on the Sixers heading into the season. So I'm, I'm with you. Um, I still like their chances, even if they don't finish first. But I was, I'll say this. There is a, again, this is a betting podcast where we debate back and forth. There is a, a um, you can be bullish on the Sixers here because you know that uh, the other two teams that they're facing for this number one seed, Milwaukee or Boston, they're not really going for the number one seed, in my opinion, right? Because they've been there so often. Yeah. They know that uh, 
the playoffs are a grind. So they just want to make the playoffs or get into the playoffs healthy. Whereas the Sixers, Embiid is without a doubt going for that MVP. And so with him going for the MVP, not only does he have to get numbers, he has to win as well. That's what is really, uh, it's killing Jokic's chances, right? Like he's getting the numbers, but they went on a really bad spell there the last couple of weeks. Yep. So you expect the Sixers to continue winning if he plays well. So there, there is a shot there as well. I wanted to touch on the Thunder because the Thunder got a huge win on Sunday afternoon, beating... The Phoenix Suns, uh, you know, without no, without KD, but Phoenix really struggling without KD recently. Uh, they had a solid lead going into the fourth quarter. Thought that game was over. I went to do other things and then came back and was like, what? So I went back and watched the fourth quarter. Shea Gilgis-Alexander with 40 points, five rebounds, four assists, topping Devin Booker, who had 46, three and one. Um, incredible performance from Shea. Josh Giddy was great in the fourth quarter. Isaiah Joe continues to hit big shots. I have said consistently that of the teams to make the playoffs – I like the value on OKC because they're like the longest shot. They're the team that the, that really the, the bookmakers are not expecting to get any sort of handle on. So there's kind of this idea that they, that they're absolutely like a not never going to get a big enough liability for the book to really reflect it. OKC's proven they can be the Lakers. They beat the Lakers when LeBron broke the record. They've proven that they can yeah. hang. They have their tiebreaker situation is surprisingly good. Uh, they're, they trail the Suns two one, but if we look at like the overall western conference figures for the oklahoma city thunder they won tiebreaker versus the mavericks so the mavericks slide they could get in over them or at least have home court they have tiebreaker versus the blazers who are probably out of it uh they are in a pretty good spot versus a number of these teams they've got an opportunity versus the lakers like there's a real chance here for i think the thunder to act to make the playoffs like i think that they can make the playoffs they are dangerous especially if they get home court they're very good especially offensively at home um mm-hmm. if you can get a number out there for the thunder to make the playoffs i actually think there might be value i agree with you and in the west we talked about the kings being the hottest team the second hottest team in the west seven wins in the last 10 games okc man that includes denver memphis phoenix clippers mavs all of them okc is the second hottest team and they've beaten some really good teams especially phoenix today you're right. That was a great game. Luckily for me, I was on, on OKC. I didn't even realize the game was that early. So I woke, I uh, I went back to it and it was a nice win. But I think you're right. I think they are a, a live dog heading into the playoffs. I don't know if they're going to give Denver like much of a scare, but someone like the Kings who don't play that much defense, SGA can go 40 on them any single time, right? So um, I agree. I think OKC is a, a is a live dog, not only to make the playoffs, but win a game or two in the first round. Yeah, as we're recording this, they're at 36 losses. The Mavs are at 35. The Mavs play the Grizzlies at the the Grindhouse on Monday. Luka Doncic expected to be back for that game. He's questionable. We'll see if he plays. But like, it's not impossible that the Thunder could wind up in the sixth spot. Like that's yeah. doable. I mean, they're only two back of the Clippers for God's sakes. Like no one. This is the biggest thing, and this is why it's it's meaningful. Um, the loss by the Lakers to the Mavericks on Friday was talked about a lot as like this heartbreaking, really gut-wrenching loss. That was a more important win for the Mavericks on Maxi Kleba. Huge. Yeah. Then it was a loss for the for the Lakers. And everyone's like, but they just they lost it. Bah. And it was like so heartbreaking and they played so well. Yeah, I'm like, okay, sure. But here's the thing: no one's running away. No one in the Western Conference is getting away from them. The Lakers are at 37 losses in the 11th spot currently the Mavericks are at 35 they're they're two losses outside of Dallas and I also say this this is important to, to when you're watching playoff picture 
two losses between two of the top teams is a lot tougher than it is in this middle section because these are 500 teams like they can go on it on a stretch where they go four and six and you go seven and three like everybody here is the same basically five through 12 right now none of those teams can say that they are really definitively that much better than the others so yeah you can't you can't include the blazers remember we first started this uh podcast and the blazers were first in the west after a few weeks it's insane but I don't, I, I don't want to get into them. I want, actually want to get into Minnesota real quick. Okay. Do you think their chances are done without Anthony Edwards? Yeah, he's out indefinitely. Um, there's no word on Cat. I kind of think that they might be able to scrap this together. Like I, I, I'll say this. I don't think that they're done. I don't know that they're, I could be like, no, they'll be fine. I'm definitely not there. But I also don't know that I can say, like, they're definitely done. Just because if they're able to manage it the way that you can kind of massage the NBA regular season, you might be able to get through. Um, they've got the 18th toughest schedule remaining in terms of quality of opponent. They're on the they're at home for seven. They're on the road for eight. I'm sorry, they're at home for five. They're on the road for nine. That's way worse. And they have three back to backs. So like, yeah, mm. it's gonna be rough. But look, if all of a sudden it's like, oh hey, Carl Anthony Towns is questionable tomorrow, like the whole equation changes, but I think it's going to be obviously tight. I also don't know about the, the, the ankle sprain for ant looked really bad because he yelped so bad, but those things can oftentimes be better than we think in terms of the recovery time. Yeah. Um, it's possible he comes back earlier. I'm again, I'm not going to say that it's going to happen, but I'm not willing to say that they're doomed quite yet. All right. Let's go to the awards market and let's do who we would bet right now. We do this every single week and we'll go faster this week because we think these are pretty much locked up. So after talking to Jim Turvey on Friday, I found a minus 105 on Joel Embiid and I went ahead and put in a massive, massive bet on that. Essentially covers all my bases, covers my Giannis positions, covers most of my Jokic positions. I'm pretty good there. I got a rack them that I need to log in the app. That's got that. That's for Embiid. Uh, and be currently minus 250 at FanDuel. A lot of people have reminded me that there's still all this time left, right? There's 10 more games to go. There's a combination here of the desire to give it to him, the momentum the Sixers are playing with, and this is like the last meaningful stretch of basketball. Once we get out of March this next week, it just turns into like, oh, that was like the last couple of games of the season. And yeah. as much as people are like, we should wait and judge all the games, people are going to start making up their minds. And I think that most people have started to make up their minds. If you can find a good number for Embiid in the market, I don't think you will. I think you should bet it. Um, I don't think there's anybody else to bet right now. Is it possible that the Nuggets close out strong? They've got games versus Giannis and Joel if they play later in the season at home. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like it's possible, right? Just like it was possible for Embiid to make a big run that I didn't see coming. But as of right now, I think Embiid's firmly in control of this award. Less so from a, like, I'll just, I mean, I'll be real with you. I argue about this with Jim. Like, I don't think his case is airtight. I don't think his case is necessarily all that strong compared to Giannis and and Joker. But everybody seems to want to give it to him. And if we're just being like, we're going to give it to the guy we want to give it to this year, then Joel's going to get it. And that (laughs) seems like what we're going to do this year. Yeah, I mean, my two cents on this, you're right. There are 10 games left, so 12, 13% of the season still left, right, which is not insignificant. 
Um, I think the Nuggets have five or six games remaining on national TV. So if Joker really wants to go for it, but I think Matt has some inside info on on him just not wanting to win it anyways. But let's say if he did, if he really wanted to win back to back to back, just get rid of that narrative and really go for it. And then, you know, get into the finals and represent the West. Like he could, he could do it. He actually could do it because there's a shot here. So many games on TV and so many games against big teams, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Phoenix, twice Golden state. Um, so, I mean, even Utah and Sacramento to end the year. So there is an opportunity here, but if Matt is saying um, Joker himself doesn't feel like he, he wants to go for it, then, I mean, there's no way. Um, so, I mean, it's either in beater or nothing at all for me. Obviously I, I was huge in, on Luca heading into the season. This is another uh, NBA season where he was a, a, a favorite going in and he, he flopped really his team flopped and then he got hurt obviously, which ends anything, but yeah, it's most likely a layoff and it's, it's most likely going to be Joel. Uh, let's go to real quickly. Um, Sam Vicente had an article talking about how the rookie of the year race is kind of tightening. I, I just don't see any way that Jalen Williams can catch Paolo Bencaro, who's minus 7,000. So don't, don't put your money down on that. Your liabilities on that's too high. Um, Jalen's plus 6,000. If you're hyper leveraged like me on Paolo, I already have a Jalen Williams ticket from preseason. Um, not to brag, just let you know, like, I don't need to bet it. Right. But it, it wouldn't, I don't think, I don't think that they, you need to hedge it. I think you're good. If you're on Paolo, I think you're still, Totally fine. I don't think that there's been enough conversation about Jalen for him to really risk it. Only point I have on this is I haven't even looked at these odds since January. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, DPOY, Brooks minus one sixty, Jaren's plus one fifty. I still don't get this. I don't. Uh, I don't. I still frustrating. I, like I don't know what this is based off of. I. It's only. I. I'll say this. I've asked around, and it's only based off of like total minutes played. And I'm just like, Jaron didn't miss that much time. Like, Jaron just hasn't missed that much time. Brooks played more games. Brooks played more minutes, for sure. But, like, Jaron's been better since he came back. And Jaron was only gone for, like, a month. I, yeah. I continue to think that this is the wrong price. And Jaron Jackson Jr. at plus 150 is good. And he's leading his team. I know DPOI doesn't matter if you win or lose. But the, the, the Grizzlies without jaw have won now five out of the last six. He had 31 points, 28 points before that. But not only that, four blocks, four, four blocks and a steal. So, I mean, he's doing a lot, not only defensively, but offensively. I think that might, you know, innate have some influence on some people. But um, if I think right now his current status is doubtful, if he's going to miss a game or two, I think it's it's going to be Brooks. Most improved, Lori is continuing to just like stay as a heavy favorite here. You've got... Uh, Lori is minus 450. Shea's plus 500. Uh, I still continue to, to kind of wonder about this, that I don't know how voters are not going to recognize what Shea's done this year, especially if the Thunder make the playoffs. Yep. If they slide into the play-in at the very least, I don't know how, like, the Jazz do not seem like they're going to make it for various they're reasons. on the outside looking in, yeah. And, I mean, you know, currently they are, they're, what they're a game up on the Lakers in the oh, loss column. Yeah. yeah. So they're currently in the, the playing spot at 10, but their slide has been very, 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 very gradual. They can't really like slide completely out or in 
but with the thunder kind of surging here at the end, I, I just, I still kind of consider Shea Gillis Alexander to pretty good, pretty, pretty good value at plus 500. I don't disagree with that. And if Shea continues to drop 40 points on big teams, like the Suns, like today, that those odds are going to shorten. I think it's a great time to buy. Cause we mentioned this already with OKC. They have a legitimate shot, not only to make the playoffs, but get like a fifth or sixth seed. And they they could arguably make some noise there. So Shea, to me, we've mentioned this all season long, not only points, rebounds, assists, but if you add steals and blocks, he is literally a one-of-one player right now. It's this The markets on all these are very weird because we accurately predicted where the prices would go. We gave out Jaron Jackson Jr. We gave out Shea Gillers-Alexander. We gave out all these guys, and we were right. And yet these other guys have kind of come underneath and gotten all the steam. And it's very weird to see it because like those are ones that, you know, if it's Lori, I, I have a small ticket on Lori, but I'll lose money. Like I'll lose money on that. And that's just kind of how it goes. But I can't, I can't get there for not acknowledging what Shea has done in terms of leaping to, this is the same thing that jaw did last year, which is going from a star to a mega star fringe MVP yeah. candidate. And the, there's precedent for it. So um, I assume we're both still on Brogdon for six man of the year. I think quickly moment has passed do you agree what a moment it was what a great <laughs> three days there <laughs> you know who popped up on the board at FanDuel who Austin Reeves plus 10,000 wow get he did have Lakers 35 position. points tonight and a big win for LA but that is hilarious uh all right let's do best bets for Monday and we'll go around and and give what we think the best bets are and then we'll talk about them um do you have a best bet that you want to give out for the Monday slate yeah, I'm going to go with the Kings, the red-hot Sacramento Kings. They are, I believe, uh, six-and-a-half-point favorites on the road in Utah. I think it's great value for, uh, again, the hottest team in the West. Uh, I'm going to lay the points. I can't believe I'm going to do this. I'm going to lay the points of the Memphis Grizzlies, minus one-and-a-half. I'm I'm very skeptical of this based off of the matchup, especially if Luka plays. Um, I'm also, simultaneously, I'm going to lay the wood with the Philadelphia 76ers, minus seven-and-a-half. Uh, both of these make okay. me very queasy, but I'm going to play them both probably for a half unit in the app, by the way. Uh, let's talk about yours. So Kings taking on uh, this is a, like a really interesting, interesting setup here. Uh, they're at the jazz and then they turn around. They have a back to back five and seven versus the Boston Celtics on Tuesday in what should be an absolutely huge game. Um, Utah is in this game. Uh, they're the, the Kings are a six and a half point favorite here. Is that right? That's um, crazy, right? Yeah, that's a crazy number. Why are you laying that much with the Kings on the road at Utah? Yeah, a lot of that is because of that number. You're right. I don't think they should be five and a half or six and a half point favorites. I think the odds makers are trying to give us a, a story here. Um, but if you look at these two teams, both teams are are in really good form, right? The Jazz have won five straight against the spread. The Kings are six and one against the spread in the last seven. But the Kings historically have not done very well against Utah. I think they're only two seven and one against the spread against Utah. Uh, with that all, with all that being said, they're six and a half point favorites on the road on a front end of back to back where they have to travel back to Sacramento. This is also a fourth game uh, on their road trip, the final game on their road trip. So it it feels very weird. It feels like there's there's some sharp money going on the Kings. There's an angle here, and I'm gonna. You know how I am. The grosser the play, the more I like it. So I, I'm going with the Kings minus six and a half. All right. Well, I'm going to top you here because I'm going to take uh, the Memphis Grizzlies without John Morant. who will not play in this game. 
versus Dallas Mavericks, who have absolutely just stomped them in this matchup. I power rate this six and a half. So if I take out two and a half points for Jaw, I'm still a Grizzlies minus four. Um, the Grizzlies, I think, are are playing with a lot of confidence and it's rally around the wagon time, right? No, uh, no Steven Adams, no Brandon Clark. Uh, I will say Jaron Jackson Jr. is questionable for this game. Yep. So wait and make sure that he's playing. Because if he's playing, I don't want it. That's too much for them to be missing in the front court. That basically be like just Xavier Tillman. Um, and I don't want, even though the Mavs don't really have bigs, even the Mavericks could beat up on that front line. The Mavericks have owned this matchup. I just don't necessarily like the spot. And I think there's a possibility that Luke is like a late scratch. He got upgraded to questionable. There's a, there's noise about him coming back, but it's not like, yeah, he's going to definitely be back. So with the possibility of him not playing, I'll go ahead and, and put in the minus one and a half here for the Grizzlies. If this is an in-between play where it's like, if he plays, it moves to Mavericks minus one and a half. Um, and if he doesn't play, it moves to Grizzlies minus three and a half, right? Then um, I probably still lay it with, with Memphis. I think I'm good with laying it with Memphis with anything up to three and a half. Um, I just kind of believe in this Memphis team right now. I think they're surging. I think they're playing really well. And I have a power rated that this differential should not be this, even though the matchup has been bad. So I'm going to go against my better judgment and I'm going to do that. Similarly, I'm going to lay the wood with the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, they're taking on the Chicago Bulls. Both teams are on a three and four. The Bulls, uh, I have this power rated at five. I have this only power rate as a five point differential between the teams because the Sixers are slightly not as good actually at home as they are on the road. Um, that said, like on, on a neutral environment, I have the seven. And then basically what this is, is Joel Embiid destroys the Bulls. He just, he annihilates the Bulls. He annihilates Vucevic and he annihilates Chicago and he always gets up for this game. I think he gets up for it again. He drops another 40 burger, keeps the pressure on talks about how much he needs to win the he talked about like well if i wanted to i could be a playmaker and i could have all these assists he actually was like doing that like literally with basically be like if i want to be Jokic, i could be which is funny um so i think Jokic, i think joel who has been unbelievably dominant he had a block the other night in transition that was one of the most insane plays i've ever seen from a big man it was incredible uh he's doing amazing things every night he destroys them here i'll lay the seven and a half there's a seven in the market so pay attention on that shop around but i'll lay the seven and a half with joel Embiid and the philadelphia 76ers let's go wrap it up for buckets for monday hope you guys enjoyed the show make sure to rate review and subscribe check out the action network app i promise you will not be disappointed if you download it i talk about it every time on this pod if you're listening to it just go download it real quick and you'll be like oh man there's so much to do in this thing you'll really think it's awesome follow albert on twitter at analytics capper our thanks to david our producer and we'll see you guys again tomorrow with the best bets episode for tuesday until then let's get buckets action network reminds you please gamble responsibly if you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.